uh, go for launch. Five. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Anything can happen in the next half hour. Four. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. This whole thing is insane. Three. Quiet, please. I am analyzing. Where's the kaboom? Two. There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. One. Greetings, my fellow galactic travelers, and welcome back to Planet 8. This is your mission commander, Larry, speaking to you from our hidden base. Chief Engineer Bob is here by my side, as always, in the command center, and circling Planet 8 in our orbital spy satellite is Reconnaissance Officer Karen. And on this episode of Planet 8, you folks get a twofer. We'll be talking about the rise of Skywalker and the tail end episodes of The Mandalorian. So straight away, let's kick it over to Chief Bob. You've seen Rise of Skywalker twice, is that correct? That is correct, yes. And impressions of the film. Uh, What do you think? I think it was fun, but I think they tried to wrap up like too many threads in one movie. And I think pro- probably the probably my biggest problem is they started off with J.J. Abrams. Then they went to Ryan Johnson, and Ryan Johnson like undid a bunch of the stuff that Abrams did. Right. And then they went back to Abrams, and Abrams had to like write the ship back to his version but without discounting the things that Ryan did mm-hmm. so I think it was kind of like <clears throat> maybe part of it seemed forced no pun intended <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I saw what you did there Bob. that's right so I mean just you know kind of forcing things back to the what he considers the correct way I think uh, I think all three movies would have been better with like a single vision Mm. Yes. And, you know, and even, you know, when Abrams had, when he did the first movie, did he really know where the last movie would end up? Whether he did the second one or not? Did he have a big vision for the, tr- for the trilogy? Or was he just trying to get through that first movie? I, I would I think, think, and, oh, go ahead, Karen. I, well, I think it was the latter, because it's, originally there was supposed to be another, and I can't remember the guy's name, Colin... Trevorrow, I think, was supposed to direct the last movie, uh, this final movie. So I don't, unfortunately, I think they went into it thinking they could kind of just ad-lib their way through this final trilogy, which is uh, bizarre. But anyway. So it could have gone off in some totally different direction in the third one then. Yeah. Well, even if it's different directors, I know with the original trilogy, George directed the first Star Wars uh, and then he was heavily involved in Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, but he didn't direct either one of those. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it matters who directs, but somebody has to be there with a vision. Somebody has yes. to have an overall story arc of where are we starting, where are we ending. Now, yeah. so George, when he did the original Star Wars, he was lucky to get one movie off the ground. 
Mm-hmm. Right. I don't think he was looking past that. No. He had the suddenly, story, supposedly, but he didn't. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, suddenly it became a big hit, and then suddenly it was a trilogy. But no, wait, it's not a trilogy. It's actually the middle trilogy of three trilogies. Yeah. And, you know, it kind of went from there. But, you know, I don't think he originally had a vision of where it was going after Star Wars. No. Star Wars There's was like a, a, of- a beginning, middle, end period. It was done. Yeah. But, you know, with Disney and that, you know, they knew that, you know, okay, we're doing the final trilogy. This is, it's going to be three movies. Yeah. So why not map out your beginning, middle, and end and then see it through with whatever director you want? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe keep, a you know, one of the writers on each, each of the three, but it was more kind of cut and paste as they go. Yeah. It seems really irresponsible when you have something of this magnitude in pop culture with the kind of expectations that are set to just sort of wing it. I mean, at least, you know, you look at like what Marvel has done. Um, They, you know, draw out sort of story arcs and beats and things. And even the films that maybe aren't in like a major arc, like if it's not an Avengers film, maybe it's an Ant-Man film or something, they'll still go in and kind of say, well, you know, there is a tangential connection. We we want to have a scene or something that alludes to this or whatever alludes to that. And, you know, they want to make sure everything's sort of connected and fits in um, at the very, you know, minimal. So something like this, you know, I, I feel like, well, yeah, you want to, you know, plot it out like a three act, you know, story or whatever and, and say, you know, here's what's going to happen in this. It's going to lead to this. It's going to lead to that. And you can bring in three different directors and sure it's, it's limiting to them, I suppose, in their creative vision. But if they're coming in and doing a star Wars, they know they're not telling their own story. They're telling somebody else's story. Right. So I, I, I just feel like, yeah, it just, for me, like the film just felt like sort of a mess and felt like they were, again, my whole problem with the, the new trilogy is it feels like they're just trying to echo so many things from, like the original trilogy, it never felt like its own thing to me. And, um, you know, it's like, oh, well, you had the Death Star before. Well, now we're going to have, you know, Starkiller base. And you had this thing before. Now we're going to have this. And then all of a sudden, you know, here we are in the third film and we've got the Emperor. It's like, where the hell is he coming from? So, yeah, it. I there were things in the movie I enjoyed, but so much of it just felt like a hot mess to me. Well, even with Ray, it was like, oh, maybe she's a maybe she's a Skywalker. Uh, no, she's nothing. Oh wait, she's a Palpatine. <laughs> no, she's a Skywalker. Even that, that that last scene, it was almost like they ended the movie, and then they said, oh wait, it's called Rise of Skywalker. We better go back and shoot this last scene where she claims to be a Skywalker. It's like it was almost felt kind of thrown in. It's kind of like, uh, which what was that one alien movie? Like the last one where it was like, they made it through most of the movie and then I think they figured out, oh shoot, this is an alien movie, gotta throw some aliens in here. But Oh, uh, Covenant or something like that. Yeah. So, <laughs> the same thing. It's got, you know, oh, Rise of Skywalker. Well, we killed all the Skywalkers, so uh, we better film this last scene where she claims to be a Skywalker. Yeah. But... It was actually, I don't know. It was I actually think, like the fall of Skywalker, really. 
like Kevin Feige is that is is the Marvel Universe's George Lucas, if you will, in that he really is the guiding light. I have read and seen interviews and believe. Um, and now they're bringing him into the Star Wars universe, is my understanding, after John Favreau did his stuff. Well, I on think the they're, they're talking about handing this franchise mm-hmm. over to Favreau and, uh, and Feige. Because Kathleen Kennedy was supposed to be. And, and here's what I think happened I think uh, with the fall of the solo movie, that more now than ever, I believe corporations. Mm-hmm have more involved in decision-making on these films than the directors. So um, whether it's J.J. or Johnson who changed this or added that or wanted to go in this direction, maybe they do have a little bit of leeway. But there are committees that meet. Does Ray kiss Ben or does she not kiss Ben? Does she take the Skywalker name? Does she not take the Skywalker name? And let's have exit polls and let's have surveys and let's... Jesus Christ, will you just make a movie, you know, and, and w- whether people like it or hate it or or whatever, that's fine. I've always been a vocal critic of the second movie in this new trilogy. Um, um, Revenge of the, no. Last Jedi. The Last Jedi. And I saw it over Christmas. It was on TV. And, you know, I thought it's not that bad. I mean, Luke did get to show off his Jedi powers fighting Ben. It was the last time that Carrie Fisher and uh, Mark Hamill were on screen together as Luke and Leia. So there are moments in that film um, that worked. The slow chase in space, meh. The casino, Uh. meh. Uh, So with this film, The Rise of Skywalker... um, I, I didn't, I, whether she kissed Ben or not at the end didn't really bother me that much. Um, I didn't have a problem with the Emperor either. He's a rat ass. He's a, you know, he's been hiding for two movies. Okay, I can go with that. Um, I like the way he looked. Um, he was old. He was decrepit. He was hooked up to a machine. But the thing that really stuck out to me is not all the tips of his fingers were there. <laughs> Until the end. So that's what I focused on uh, the most with regards to the Emperor. And that uh, Ray is a Palpatine. Well, you know, who was Anakin's father? Was it Palpatine? Did he? We know we don't talk about Metachlorians anymore. Did he manipulate the Metachlorians? A lot of people think he did. And he, you know, put Anakin into Shimmy's womb. Uh, whether you believe that or not, or, you know, I, I don't know. So well, apparently, see, I kind of look at it like like the Daniel Craig Bond movies. Mm-hmm. They're all, you know, separate movies. Right. And then in, they bring Spectre in. <laughs> and in Spectre, they, they bring in Blofeld. Yeah. And then it's revealed that Blofeld was behind everything in all the other movies. And he was behind the scenes manipulating the whole thing. And it's kind of the same thing with Rise of Skywalker. It's like, oh, well. Palpatine was actually there. He was actually manipulating everything all the way along. And it's like, well, does that discount everything that came before it? Well, see, that's the thing. Does that cheapen Anakin's death in, you know, Return of the Jedi where he, you know, redeems himself and kills the Emperor and whatever? It's like, well, 
Hey, he didn't really kill him, right? Or he's well, back he's, anyway. He still redeemed you know? himself, right? I mean, how did he say? How did he survive that thing? Well, I, you he know, gets, the, gets thrown down into the core of the Death Star, and you see the big explosion in the cloud. Ah, I survived. I'm still here. Yeah. Well, there was a throwaway line uh, by someone who that's said, fallback. He, "I'm sorry." They could have cloned him. That's always the fallback. Well, some right. One of the throwaway lines was clone technology, dark magic. Who knows? One of the things they don't I want noticed. To write the- it. They don't want to write it. They just, you know, yeah, he's alive. Don't worry about it. And there's no foreshadowing in the first two movies. So for this movie, they're like, what can we do that will make people excited? We'll put the emperor in it. It's like, okay, but I can tell you had no intention of that in movie one or two. Yeah. You're just doing it here because it's like it was all like, what can we do that will make people excited? And it's like, okay, but it doesn't make any sense, really. Yeah, but it's a movie, so it, you know it's not like watching CNN. So I mean, you talk about the corporate beings behind it, whatever. From what I hear, there was a test screening, and there were a lot of reshoots because the test screening. There always go, are, but. I could have sworn, and I think in one of the previews, you saw the destruction of the Millennium Falcon. And it did not go, and from what I hear, it did not go over well at all in the test screening. A lot of people even walked out at that point. (laughs) And so, you know, and then this one, you know, they land it and it's on fire and whatever, and it's okay, we save it. But, yeah, I think there was a point where they blew up the Millennium Falcon and... uh, Oh, there you go. And it did not test well. So you got to, you can't go with it. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you guys this. It was a second viewing that I noticed this. So Palpatine's hooked up to this mechanism, right, with all these needles and, and fluids and things going into him. And there's this tank full of, like, dead Snokes. Yeah. What was that? I mean, there. Well, he created Snoke. Snoke, so those were either. So was Snoke a failed clone of him, or was Snoke just a puppet? And he just like creates them to. I, I thought so. Or those that were all the botched Snokes. And why were they all in that like fluid thing, like feeding into Palpatine? Got to eat something. Huh. <laughs> Well, I, I, one more question for you guys. They don't show him sitting there eating a burger, so he's got to get some <laughs> yeah. sustenance somehow. Let me ask you guys this. Uh, actually, uh, talk amongst yourselves while I try to remember what I was going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I was I was trying to think like, well, what were what were because I could I could nitpick this all day. So what was my positives? And honestly. Because I have so little attachment to the new characters, I was just like, okay, I just want Chewbacca to come out of this alive. So, so he almost so did. When, yeah, I almost <laughs> lost it when the shuttle blew up. I was like, you mother. And Beep. but then I was, I was sitting there going, you know what? Though in the trailer, there's a scene with Chewbacca and Lando and the Falcon, and we haven't seen that yet. So I'm like, okay, don't don't get up and leave. <laughs> I don't. I don't think he's dead. I think he's still alive. And then, of course, like minutes later, he's alive. I'm like, okay, okay, he's still alive. Yeah, I'm Chewbacca, wondering if that was a change from the test screening as well. Well, now that you say that, I'm thinking it might have been. And then, of course, he had some good good scenes in it. He had a lot of action. Now that Eunice is 
playing him. He can run around and do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And, and and then he got to mourn Leia. He had his big dramatic scene where he fell on his knees and stuff. Because, like, you think about it, it's like everybody he hung out with is dead, basically. That well, except it. Lando now. Um, and he tried to strangle Lando once. So, you know. Right. Um, <laughs> You know, so so Chewbacca's my main man, and he's still around. So I was, you know, I came out of that happy. Well, I, I remembered what I was going to ask. What what did Finn want to tell Ray? Oh, they've already <sighs> t- said that. The director said that he was going to tell her that he's force sensitive. Do you believe that though? Well, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, what what else is he going to say? Are they going to go corny and he would have said, I love you or whatever. This is a movie that ended with her kissing Ben Solo. Yes, he could have said he (laughs) loved her. Walker? That's the thing. It it felt like we were being set up for that and it never happened, right? Because in the first one, he's like obviously got a huge crush on her or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, his whole character arc up to that, he didn't even, Finn had very little character arc because his whole thing was chasing Ray all the time. Where's Ray? What's happening with Ray? Where is she? What's going on? So he doesn't get to develop much as a character. And then uh, in this third one, you know, they have the cave in or whatever. And he was, he was, hey, I need to, or Ray, I need to tell you what, what oh, I'll tell you later. So it feels like there's going to be something, but they've never developed this romantic thing between them. So they don't have a chance a kiss wouldn't make any sense because she's never reciprocated it really. Mm-hmm. She hugs him. She doesn't, you know. So I don't know. That whole thing felt screwed up too. And then, yeah, and then what? She's in love with Kylo Ren, the guy who killed Han Solo, killed all these other people, kill, 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 kill. Yeah. I well, I, I, and, and I'm not saying this about my wife, but there have been people that I've loved in the past that have killed Han Solos in my life. <laughs> um <laughs> And yet Let's I go still, into that story. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, love is what it is. And, and uh, I don't know. I didn't have that much of a problem with that. It's like he knew there was no way he was going to be able to go to the rebel fleet and say, hey, guys, I'm a good guy now. They, they were not going to accept him into the fold. I mean, he, he did yeah, too no, much wrong. Be. Well, you know, what, what cracked me up is that at the end, like he force heals her brings her back to life yeah and they had to have him disappear mm-hmm. otherwise she would have force healed him <laughs> and then she would have died and then he would have force healed her and then like three or four movies down the line they're going to do a cutaway to the two of them force healing each other over and over and the empire of the uh it's endless comes circle, back alive yeah. while they're healing endless each circle <laughs> but yeah i don't know what where did where did all the force healing start because, I mean, there's a lot the of characters game. that died over well, the is, This is going to be a masterful segue. First time I saw Force Healing was in The Mandalorian. That's right. But, I mean, oh. if that's a power, if that is a power of the Force. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of characters over the years that died that could have been Force Healed. It's It's been in the, the video games for years. So, ah, and I, I, I imagine it may have been in the novels and stuff, too. But mm-hmm. I, I know it's been in the video games as a power. And and don't different Jedi's have mastery over different powers? It's not all like a, you know, sure pack you can pick, and it it has like you know this power and that power, right? 
Uh, I mean, I, I think it depends on, you know, the resource. If you're looking at the novels or the games or whatever, they, you know, they've developed the force in a lot of different ways, probably much more extensively than what we've seen in the movies. We're just starting to see more use of force powers in the, in the films and uh, the cartoons than, you know, than we have uh, in the past. The games and stuff, the, you got a lot of cool powers to choose from um and i i haven't read as much i haven't read hardly anything in the the novels but i know there's been a lot of cool powers um that they haven't used in the films yeah and i guess it depends on who's writing because in the first star wars when obi-wan's fighting vader vader never threw anything at obi-wan they just like dueled yeah but yet in empire he was throwing all kinds of crap at luke well, you know, some people now say, this is, seems kind of revisionist, but they say that in um, the original Star Wars, when Ben finds Luke after the uh, Tuscans attacked, oh. that when he puts his hand on Luke's head, that he's using force, force healing. Force healing, that's right. That is a good observation. And then I mean, I don't know like, that I buy that. Uh, I, think it's I do. I'm, I'm like, oh. <laughs> now I got to go watch Star Wars again. Oh, my God. That's right. Um, well, so I think we'll give ourselves time to get into Mandalorian. Any last thoughts um, on on Rise of Skywalker? Uh, Walker? Um, wow, I don't know. Boy, we didn't we didn't have a lot to say about it. Well, I think, it I think it's, I think it's like really road. telling that this is like the final chapter of a nine movie saga. And we covered it all in like 20 minutes so far. Uh, well, yeah. it, it, it was basically I hated this and I hated that and that was not fun and that didn't work. So I, I thought we were done. But uh, what else? Was, what do we want to say about it? It ended a nine picture saga, but the last three didn't really have anything to do with the first six. Well, the last three didn't have a whole lot to do with each other is the problem. Yeah, I think that's the problem. I think they, they wanted to recapture the spirit of the original and there were so many callbacks, but I wanted it to be something new and, and different, but like, you know, we keep revisiting the death star in, in different forms. Now all the star destroyers have a death star gun on them. And, you know, we had to bring back the emperor. We don't have a new villain. We're just going to bring back the emperor. And, you know, it just feels like we're doing the same thing kind of over and over again. And I, I don't know. I, I just wished it had been, New and exciting, which is what The Mandalorian is, but anyway. Well, I think, yeah. you know, if you look at the characters, we already mentioned that Finn didn't have that big a character arc, always chasing Rey. Poe actually almost seemed like a different character each movie. Yeah. Yeah, and then, yeah, I mean, the main focus was on Rey and Ben, basically. Everyone mm-hmm. else was kind of inconsequential or whatever. Although I must say, I was happy to see Wedge back in a Tie Fighter again. Huh, that was funny. Like some seventy-year-old guy piling a Tie Fighter. <laughs> hey, here we go. <laughs> Remember when we did this before? Yeah, that was a good three seconds uh, worth of film. <laughs> <laughs> well, C three PO had a, a good uh, bit of um, uh, you know character stuff this time and he he was probably the funniest he's ever been i actually laughed at a lot of his stuff in in the movie 
And uh, I just, I almost wish, though, they let him be kind of a hero, like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do this mind wipe thing. And then, you know, minutes later, like, oh, no, I've got my memory back. It would be more heroic, you know, if like, yeah, I'm I'm going to lose everything that I've been, you know, I'm going to be mind wiped so that you guys can get this information you need. But they just like undid it immediately. Well, I um, think- and R2-D2 got nothing to do. They brought in that useless little robot for toy purposes and R2 could have been doing stuff. Well, I think BB-8 kind of took over for R2 for the most part. Yeah. But, I, you know, there was a, a very early interview with uh, George Lucas where he mentioned that the only characters that would be in every single movie would be R2-D2 and C-3PO. Yeah. And that, I guess, Disney carried on his vision or whatever, and they were the only two characters that were in every single movie of the nine films. Hmm. And Anthony Daniels, I, I saw an interview with him. And he was the one that brought up the very first line you hear in any Star Wars movie was his. Mm-hmm. You know, when they're uh, when the when the cruisers being yeah. attacked and Vader's coming on and all that, I was like, you know, Francis won't escape this time. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, yes, he had the first line. Did he? Unfortunately, they should have given him like the last line yeah. of this movie. That would yeah. Been now cool, that you but. mention it, uh, what did you guys think about the princess's death? I will say they did a lot better job on her than they did on Peter Cushing. Mm. And CGIing her back to life. Well, but my understanding is it wasn't CGI. It was yeah. just unused footage from the prior Force. two films or whatever. I'm pretty sure yeah. she was CG'd through most of it. The young Leia, I think, was CG'd, but they went on record saying that the family wasn't going to allow any right. CG of her. So those... Or that that's my understanding. I don't know. That's what I read as well, is that they cobbled together footage uh, for the older Leia from the previous two films. And then that they took her face from uh, the original trilogy to put in the training sequence. Now, there might have been an actress back of the head. Yes, they did Exchanging dialogue with Ray, but all the other stuff was. Yeah. All right, well, I take that back then. Well, I mean, they, yeah, and I, well, we won't talk about uh, that too much, but I thought Peter Cushion, they did an okay job with him. Didn't look exactly like him. I beg him, to but, differ, but. No. Just because I've seen Peter Cushing in so many movies growing up. Right. You know exactly how he looks and acts and facial expressions, and they didn't capture that. Mm. I didn't think, so. But- I thought I thought Leia, you know, for I was glad she was in the movie. I, I was glad it wasn't just like, well, she's off on another planet or mm-hmm. she's she died in between whatever. Um, I thought it was used well. I thought it was nice that she was, you know, helping Ray learn about the force. I mean, obviously, they were very limited in that they had certain dialogue that they had to write around mm-hmm. um, to use and everything. I didn't really understand like okay, so she died, and she forced Kylo to become good, or it seemed really weird to me. I didn't understand that. It was like, so he's not really becoming good because he wants to be good. He's becoming good because she's forcing him to be good. Or well, is that what you I, think happened, or is that what that that's what I I was that's what I was trying to understand. I couldn't understand whether he would he would have remained evil if she hadn't forced him to be good. 
or what was going on there? No, I think it took out, took everything out of her just to communicate with him at that. But I think it was Han Solo that turned him more than it was Leia. Well, see, I, it I, wasn't really Han Solo. That was just a memory. Right. Right. But I mean, so was it, it was Leia? that memory that, that turned him. I, I took it that it, she spent her whatever was left of her life force to just say her son's name, Ben. And he was in a vulnerable place. This is just me watching the movie. He's in a vulnerable place or whatever. And it like, and then he had the vision of Han. Now, some people have said, no, she helped project that vision of Han. Well, that was what I was just going to ask. I don't, I don't know. If she I mean, was responsible you know, for the memory of Han show. Yeah, yeah. That would have been even better if they'd made it clear. They could have even had, I don't know. They, there's something they could have done to make that clear. That would have yeah. made more sense to me. And then yeah. he turned because he was on the edge or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was cool that uh, Leia was a Jedi Master. <laughs> that was something well, that was yeah. never revealed before. Yeah, and it would make more sense of how she was doing her Superman thing through space in the other movie. Right. So it makes me wonder, maybe that was, yeah, they filmed that stuff to do in an earlier movie. That would have made the Superman thing make more sense. Yeah. Them taking it out, we're just making assumptions that she's force sensitive. Interesting. Well, she was, I, yeah, I guess a lot more than force sensitive. But then, you know, Yoda did say, uh, or was it Ben that said there is an there is another. There is another. Um, yeah. Yeah. So she apparently had all the power too. So. Mm. Um, I don't remember the little droid's name. Dio. Dio. I thought Toyo. it was cute. He was like. You know, I think of like an abused puppy, you know, and and she just kind of like gained its trust. I don't know. I, I thought it was cute. I didn't hate it. I'm not going to buy the toy. Uh, that money is reserved for baby Yoda. But um, <laughs> as far as the, the little abused droid, I thought it was kind of a cute. I saw story. him in Target the other day. Did you really? Yeah, they oh, got okay. it out already. I think it was a Funko. Um, I also like Babo Frick. Was that Baba Frick? Frick? Oh my yeah. God! Yeah, no, no he I'll, was good. Yeah. They should have had more of him, less of Dio. Well, the beauty of Disney Plus is I've heard rumors that Lando's gonna have like maybe not his own series, but there's gonna be a, a Star Wars series that has some of these characters from this film. Oh, I Whether thought it was gonna Finn be a Baba Frick series or, or something. <laughs> I mean, who <laughs> <Yeah>. knows? <laughs> Billy D, he's just smooth, man. man. He, I don't know how old he is. He's just he's he looks good. There was this thing on Twitter, and I I reposted. I said the man's got swag and a good jab. He's like in a boxing gym, like throwing punches. <laughs> yeah, they could do they could do like an old Hope Crosby road picture with Baba Frick and Baby Yoda. <laughs> well, uh, we'll see. I guess, but Baby Yoda might try to eat him. <laughs> yeah, really. He's he's little enough. Looks a little like a frog. <laughs> so shall we segue? I think we've milked Rise of Skywalker for all it's worth. I, I, Blue I milked it. I think we've slammed it. it. I don't see any endorsements from Disney coming to Planet <laughs> 8. Uh, <laughs> well, but then again, that depends on how, how well we love The Mandalorian. If Disney would like to throw some payola our way. <laughs> I have no problem praising their movies. Hello, and welcome to Planet 8. We're re-evaluating uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker, and gosh darn it, we loved all the arcs in it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Mandalorian. Uh, Karen had expressed in our 
year in review how she really, really liked The Mandalorian. So let's go ahead and kick it over to Bob instead. No, just kidding. Whoa, wait, what? <laughs> let's kick it up. I liked it. I liked to it. To the satellite. You know, this is the other uh, side of the Star Wars coin for me. And, and I felt like it just... You know, Mandalorian just captured that excitement of seeing Star Wars all over again, you know, and seeing it with fresh eyes. Um, I felt like uh, the show was able to take that Star Wars universe that we all know so well, but just show us that universe maybe from like a different angle and, and explore different aspects of it. And, and, you know, yeah, they showed us things that we wanted to see the same way, you know, the Rise of Skywalker might have done, but it, it didn't feel uh, pandering. Like it, it was like, oh yeah, here's this thing. You know, we know you guys know about it, but they they showed us so many other things. Um, and the story, you know, it wasn't dependent on like some earth shattering thing happening. It was so much more um, personal. You know, I think one of the things I really liked about it, I was thinking about it before we did the episode, is. And I, I probably watched all the episodes at least twice, if not three times. Wow. Uh, I guess. That, well, it's the beauty of them being like a half hour long, right? You can, you know, you can digest it pretty quickly. Like in, in the first episode, you know, Mando is is very much just uh, he's a bounty hunter. He's very, you know, amoral. He, you know, he goes into that that bar and he deals with those low lifes, and then he gets the his target. You know, that whole thing about I can bring you in warm or I can bring you in cold. He really doesn't care whether he kills that guy or he brings him in alive. But by the time after he gets the kid and he starts to be affected by the kid's vulnerability, um, you know, what's going to happen to him when he delivers him, you know, and he asks that question and the guy's like, the client's like, it's not your business. And he just can't turn his back on it. Something changes in him, you know, something's his humanity is brought back to life. And, and I really, even though it's a very simple story, I really enjoyed just seeing that simple story about a, a person changing and then having to deal with the consequences of their decisions, you know, and plus it's got great action, right? So, right. um, well, yeah, it's even like really later on, later on in the series, it's like, he's got a chance to settle down in that village and put yeah. the armor away and, be with that mm -hmm. one woman and he chooses to go off with baby Yoda because he's uh, in danger there and people are still looking yeah. for him. So how much of him does he see in the child? Yes. Where, you know, he was hidden away by his parents and yet a Mandalorian found him and mm -hmm. took and we find out that he is not of Mandalore. But that right. he was introduced in or inducted, whatever the term. Well, he was a use. foundling. As, yeah. as a foundling, yeah. and was given the mantle of a Mandalorian. So uh, I, I think that played heavily into his decision. Um, I think that there's a lot of good in him too. That episode where on the prison ship, and he did what he had to do to have his friend locked away, but the sister, who was I guess his girlfriend. Right. Had issues with him. You know, it's the company you keep. But I I would assume he had a purpose in doing all that. And um, I, I think he had more of a, a code, a moral code based on his Mandalorian upbringing than uh, than most. Say like Boba Fett. 
And I will say I almost lost it in that one episode where the Mandalorian takes him out of the little uh, place where the parents ha- uh, hid him. Right. And he looked like Boba Fett. And I'm like, oh, my God. But so that, would all, been too, that would have been too easy. Yeah, but, yeah, I, but. I still would have. I, I'm, I'm easy. So, you know, <laughs> but I like Rise of Skywalker, so. Well, those guys were, um, oh, what is the name of the group? They were in Clone Wars, though. Remember, yes. there was that one tribe, and I can't remember their name now. Yes. Um, um, that one clan. Gosh, I'm not, you can tell, I'm not a real Star Wars fan because I can't remember the name, but I, I recognize Debbie's son, before. Michael, told us exactly who they were when we were watching it, and I can't remember what the yeah. What it yeah. was. And because Obi-Wan fell in love with their queen and all that right. stuff before Darth Maul got involved. Um, and it, it is neat to see the connections they're making to um, yeah. to Clone Wars, to see in it, see those things in live action. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, you know, uh, over the Christmas holiday, we were watching Terminator 2. And when Arnold dips himself in the metal at the end of the movie because he can't let the chip survive, it when I saw IG 11 mm. uh, do his sacrifice, it took me, I'm like, ah, almost like a mirror image of what went down with Arnold. Well, speaking of him. I thought one of the greatest scenes in all of Star Wars history was just him on the speeder bike just (laughs) zipping through the town and shooting stormtroopers as he goes and just wiping everybody out. That was was amazing. Well, and and Baby Yoda laughing. Yes, yes. (laughs) Just got a message from Lieutenant Debbie. Death Watch. Death Watch was the group. Thank, Thank you. you, Lieutenant Debbie. Thank you, Lieutenant Debbie. You're on your way to becoming captain. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the great thing, too, is the, the show has so many um, excellent supporting characters, right? So yeah. you have like an IG-11 who we see in the first episode and is funny, but then shows up towards the end and just breaks your heart, Wins right? Wins the scene. I mean, totally. And totally. played by... Taika, Taika Waititi. Waititi. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know, and it's, and it's he, so he directed those last two episodes very well, too, I, I must say. Yeah. So tight. It was so, yeah, just so perfect. Um, and, and then other the other characters like Quill, you know, and oh, man, after that seventh episode, I felt like you know, everybody watching the show was just so distraught, like, oh, no, Quill, what happened? Well, it was funny uh, because people were saying, how are we supposed to enjoy Christmas <laughs> when we're left with a cliffhanger like that? Um, but, you know, it, it it speaks to how well they developed the character and, and uh, you know, how much you had invested in it, right? Yeah. Let me ask then, you guys uh, this. Oh, sorry, Walker. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, the other characters, you know, the, the like the armorer and what a great scene. I mean, yep. not only do we have the armorer telling, you know, the Mandalorian, hey, you know, this is a foundling. You got to take care of him, blah, blah, blah. But then she wipes out that whole squad of stormtroopers yep. uh, and, you know, Cara Dune. And we find out Cara Dune was from Alderaan. So now we know why she's so anti-imperial. Mm. And then you've got uh, Carl Weathers. I mean, they're just all these great uh, great supporting cast. Oh, yeah. You know? Well, when you talk about all those stormtroopers, I was told that um, a lot of those background stormtroopers were the 501st that's what i heard yeah and that uh, was interesting. i was wondering when she was like 
beating up the stormtroopers and crushing those helmets if those were 501st too. Oh, we didn't tell you. We're going to like crush your helmet in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, um, can't think of the name of her character, but they went after the bounty hunter. That was uh, Mei Wan Lin. Oh, Fennec Shan? Yes. The dark boots that went to her body. Oh, or, and I mean, I don't know what color the boots were, but whose boots were those? Well, you know, a lot of people have been speculating or maybe hopefully wishing that it was Boba Fett, but okay. who knows? Uh, Lieutenant Debbie's on the side here. She's like shaking her head and saying, no, no, no. So <laughs> she might have an answer here. What, you want to step up to the microphone and tell us what, what your answer is? No, my theory is that it's Moff. Ah. Ah. Okay. Could be. It could be. We'll see in season two. Hopefully. <laughs> um, well, he was be... quite. He was quite the badass, wasn't he? And he was. You know about that. That surprise with the uh, the dark saber. I almost jumped out of my chair. <laughs> I did too. You and... know, I didn't really know what dark sabers were, but when uh, Debbie and Michael were watching it with me, the reactions told me that it was something big. Yeah, yeah. Jasmine was like, what is it? What is it? I'm like, hold on. Let me finish watching this. Um, Clue in the list. Let me rewind They it. don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know, I saw some of the uh, work that they're doing on, um, there was a statue. Um, God, not an Ugnaught. What are those things called? The um, pig things in Java's palace. Oh, uh, Gamorrean guards? Gamorrean guards. There was a Gamorrean um, that Favreau uh, put on his Twitter, I think. Yeah. Mm. So who knows what we're going to see in in season two. I hope they take their sweet time. Let's go back for a minute for those listeners who don't know. Why don't you guys talk a little about about the uh, Black Saber? Oh, the Dark Saber? Dark Saber, because, uh, you know, I didn't know anything about it when it popped up, so... So it was the uh, the first Mandalorian to become a Jedi crafted that saber, yeah. and it, it's, uh, it's, you know, moved around uh, for a while. The Jedi kept it in the temple after that, that Mandalorian passed, and then uh, it was on the clone... Well, the first place we saw it was on uh, uh, Rebels, Rebels right? with Sabine's... Uh family right and sabine had it and then she gave it to the ruler of mandalore i think her mother i want to say right and uh so what apparently what's happened is that uh during the what was it the purge yes um moff and and debbie lieutenant debbie may know all the actual names i'm just sketching it out (laughs) (laughs) moff Moff gideon must have uh, michael probably though taken it from uh, from the ruler whose name has, I think, a lot of K's in it or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he's he is not the rightful person to have it, obviously. See, and, and this is why Jasmine laughs at me because I'm like, I have to take notes. I, I, I can't, you know, it's like it's like an Indiana Jones little manual. You're writing all these clues to where the arc is. See, for like for me, someone who follows the movies and not much out of that realm you know a lot of a lot of stuff doesn't become as a big shock or surprise to me it's kind of mm-hmm. oh what's that but i don't know i guess so i'm gonna have to start binging on series and 
I'm not going to go back and play video games and read, <laughs> read the books or whatever, but you know, I can't, I'll check out a couple series, I guess, but well, and, and Clone Wars, the, the new season of Clone Wars will be coming out in February, February I think. Yeah. So you have a little time to catch up on stuff. Ah, <laughs> uh, geez. I only got how many episodes of how many series to catch up? On? I know, man. It's like, um, so just to kind of get my timeline straight, the animated series Rebels takes place between episodes one, two, three, four, five, six, six and seven. Or is it three and four? No, it's, I, three I and it's four. three and four. Three right. and four because that's right. Ahsoka Tano battles Darth Vader in that temple mm-hmm. and Darth Maul is still alive. Okay. All right. So we, uh, the future of uh, the Mandalorian, who knows? Maybe we'll see Darth Maul. Well, see, that was one thing I was asking off air earlier. A lot of people have been dumping Disney Plus since The Mandalorian is over. And the Marvel series aren't starting until 2021 and 2022. Now, they did move WandaVision up to 2020. Mandalorian's second season is supposed to be like November, but do you think they'll rush it or move it up a month or two? I mean, I'm th- I think they're in a panic mode right now. Well, I think Falcon and Winter Soldier are supposed to start next year, but not till fall. So that still leaves them with a big gap. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, th- I think the consensus is we hope they take their time to develop stories. And look, the CG, you can't rush. It's, it's the, the effects are going to take whatever amount of time they take. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it's scheduling the directors and scheduling the actors and scheduling all that stuff out. So I, I don't know. I would assume they already have a block uh, scheduled out on the calendar, but who knows? Or maybe not. I mean, or they're just hoping there's enough people out there who will keep watching Peter Pan and Jungle Book. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, you know, clone, it's, clone Wars. Uh, yeah, Clone Wars is coming out in February, so that's going to be great. Um, it was funny that there weren't a lot of Mandalorian toys out this Christmas. Oh, they totally dropped the ball on that. I heard conflicting stories. I heard that the licensors just couldn't get their stuff together in time. I also heard that Favreau, that Favreau did not want any product coming out because he wanted certain things to be a complete surprise, like ah. Baby Yoda and that. Well, I but I mean, you know, right now, man, they could have cleaned up this Christmas if they had Baby Yoda toys on the shelf. Well, And, a, and they're not coming out till May. Apparently, yeah. So even if you drop Disney Plus, they're okay. They'll buy the Baby Yoda stuff until it comes back on TV. So, <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. It's like you know, by May would well, you know, a bunch of people will have moved on and forgotten about the Mandalorian, and you know, and then these Baby Yoda things. Oh yeah, that was from that show from last year or something. Well, I mean, what do you think, Karen? Well, I, I just think it's the the problem that all the streaming services are, are going to have is because people have limited resources and 
I mean, I, I know I'm in this situation, other people I talk to as well. It's like once this particular show or shows that you're interested in are over, then it's like, okay, I'll, I'll end that one. And then, oh, this show is starting over on Hulu or CBS All Access or whatever. Okay, I'll I'll start that or even wait until all the shows are, are done and binge it for a month and then end that and then go to the next one, right? Because... You can't possibly afford, well, most people can't afford to have five or six streaming services going at one time. I mean, I think the only one that has a really good rotating set of new programming is Netflix. And that they've yeah. built up their resources over time so that they can make a lot of new product. Um, but, you know, some of these other ones like, like Disney Plus or like a, a Prime or whatever, you know, they don't have a lot of new stuff coming out constantly. So or somehow they will need to get under like one umbrella, you know, whether it's like a, a Comcast or a direct TV or something where they, you know, you can basically order off a menu. You know, I want this and this and this and, I'm not, and then I want these two off and I want these two on and, you know, whatever. But because, I mean, basically you look at it, it's like, you know, your credit card is getting dinged from 12 different directions for all these channels yeah. and stuff, you know, and uh, the day, you know, the days of, well, I'm just going to get direct TV and I got everything. Those are gone. Yeah. So do you cut the cord? Do you just get rid of your Comcast or direct TV or whatever and then just go on streaming and a la carte these things? Yeah. But, I mean, I, I, I'm, that's pretty much what I've done. Um, and you just have to flip stuff on and off, but. Well, and you know, a lot of things, a lot of folks are sharing passwords and uh, these services are trying to figure out ways that they can limit that by, you know, somehow checking location or forcing people to have like, uh, you know, verification to, to, you know, source verification. So you'd have to get a text message and respond to the text message and all that kind of stuff. And that's just going to piss people off. Well, so. suppo supposedly torrents are booming these days. A lot of people are just getting everything off the torrents. Hmm. Yeah. It is the way. Yeah. For many it is. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you, you know, if you got torrents, but torrents like change so much and it's like, you know, this one's good for a while and then they get caught and they're gone and then someone else pops up and you got to find them. And you know, it's like, no, it's really paying the butt. It's easier just to pay for the service. But, you know, if you have so many different shows on so many different services and, you know, you can't, you can't subscribe to everything. Mm. At least I can't. So what, what do we think about the direction for next season of Mandalorian? Any thoughts about what we might see or hope to see? I would like to see more team ups with the Mandalorian and Cara Dune. Hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they make a good team. Do you, how, do you guys think we should go to Yoda's planet? Should should he find the child's people, or should that just remain a Star Wars mystery? Maybe there's a colony of his people on. Well, there is a different world. The Yoda Force Ghost is still out there somewhere, right? Mm, this is true. It could pop up. Do you think the so, child might... Oh, go ahead, Karen. Well, I guess my question is, like when the armorer was talking to Din Djarin, now that we know his name, wow. um, and talking about where the child came from, she meant she didn't say... Or she did, I think, say the Jedi. My, I guess my question is, 
when she's talking about bringing the child to his people, is she talking about his species or is she talking about the Jedi? That's a good um, question too. So what would we really see? Could Is is he going to go out and look for the, the Yoda creatures or is he going to go out and look for people who have the force? Hmm. Well, this series takes place, what, five years after Return of the Jedi? Yeah. About, so, yeah. So technically Luke is still out there somewhere. Yeah. And Training Leia's Jedi. being trained, she's still out there. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, what other Jedi are out there? Well, there wouldn't yeah. be Jedi per se, but there'd be, obviously, there'd be people who have force sensitivity. I mean, we know, I mean, according to like the books and things, or now the movies, Luke went out to find other people and train them in the, the ways of the Jedi. So, although I don't think we're going to see, well, who knows? We could see a young actor playing Luke. Um, but I don't know that I want to see that, to be honest. Ahsoka um, Tano. I, I, think, I think it's pretty much trying to return him to the Yoda planet or whatever, wherever he came from. Wherever his species is. The moment we do that, then that is kind of over. And I think half the people would stop watching the show because they just want to see baby Yoda. (laughs) Right. I think that they're uh, going to show the little boy with the broom at the end of the, uh, not the Force Awakens, the... um, Last Jedi? Yeah. There was a whole article I read recently about whatever happened to the boy with the broom. Yeah. But... Well, he's not born yet. (laughs) <laughs> Not in this one, no. I, I, no think, I think they should follow it, follow it through. Although you can't really follow through Baby Yoda growing up because he's going to outlive all the other characters. Yeah, yeah, he's 50 years old already and he's still an infant. Yeah. So. yeah. I don't know. I, I hope it stays a mystery. I hope, uh, you know, a colony on a world. Maybe the Jedi, like Karen was alluding to. Something like that. Um once upon a time, they were floating around the idea of doing a Yoda movie. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that would be a good thing, but. Well, you know, puppets never age, really. So <laughs> he did in episode one. You don't they, have they, to worry about young... like, man, that Yoda's really looking old now. <laughs> he looked pretty clean in, in the uh, movies, though, when he interacted with Luke. But anyway, so that's what we hope to see in uh, Mando season two. What do you think happened to the other? That was very, very heart wrenching to see all their armor piled up there. It reminded me of uh, that Voyager episode of Species eight five seven two, and they had all the Borg parts stacked up on each other. Um, anyway, it was heartbreaking. They had to show themselves to escape. Um, the Mandalorians. Well, I assume, there was a I pile of some of them yeah. got away. Well, I mean, I thought they had just all been killed by. They escaped. I thought that, and, and it was like so. Well, she said some to, escaped. Yeah. Yeah, I think some of them probably she's got thinking, away. She's like, I think some to, escaped, but yeah. yeah, most of them were killed, and their armor was just laying there. That, but yeah. I think if if a few got away, that'll lead to some story ideas for the next season. I hope so. Especially the big guy that. Uh, Mondo originally got in the fight with. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. So are we. Uh, okay. Are I we think. Jedi and Mondoed out. I think any last thoughts, any last Star Wars for we will not be talking about Star Wars for many, many months. Well, here, here's, a, here's one episode. final question for you guys talking about <clears throat> baby Yoda being 50 and all that. Um, 
Yoda was fairly young in the prequel trilogies, right? He wasn't like old Yoda. Well, yeah. And then by the time you like got by the time you got to the middle trilogy, he was he was like old and dying. So it's like that's kind of like a sped up aging process, right? Well, I've I had have to do the math on. I mean, how, how many how many years was there from from when Anakin first became Darth Vader? Okay, so Anakin's to the like New Hope. Twenty. Anakin's like five years old 20. when they find him. He's twenty years old when he turns to the dark side. Well, no, between twenty the, years the between end of three to four, yeah. it's like twenty years because Luke is like twenty years old. Right. Okay. And then by so. the time you get to Empire, you know, a few few more years. But I mean, so Yoda aged quite a bit in that short time. So I don't know. Is it like some weird thing where it's like they age really slow until they get to a certain age and then they start aging fast? It's like... I don't know. Hmm. Maybe. The Yoda aging process, it, it confounds me now. <laughs> right, so Lieutenant Debbie says he was 900 when he died, but how old was he in the prequels? 870. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, he's, you know. He's like 875. He was no spring chicken, to be sure. He but. can't defy Yeah, but he was flipping around and jumping laws. and doing all this crazy stuff in the prequels, and he, he was barely walking with a cane in Empire. Well, so. he got his ass well, kicked Well, that's because he, he stopped three. exercising. He yeah, just he stopped sat around on Dagobah, that's why. I guess. <laughs> so Harsh kids living on that wet planet. Get to the Stand gym. around eating Cheetos and Three Musketeers. <laughs> That's exactly right. But he was he was taking it easy, and it it took its toll, you know. So then you can go back and say, well, if he was old at nine hundred years, Baby Yoda's fifty. <laughs> yeah, well. So how old? And how long until he's a quote teenager or whatever? In case you listeners haven't discovered, Bob's a numbers man. He likes to go nineteen ninety <laughs> well, to twenty twenty, and then figure well, out look Yoda's. At, look at Groot. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Uh, I don't want to see teenage you know, he Yoda. was like baby Groot, and then he was teenage Groot just a few years later. And well, and, and you know that's not Groot; that's Groot's offspring. Yeah, well, it's a it's a Groot from Groot's root. It's Groot. a Groot from Groot's. <laughs> it's a Groot from the Groot's root. root, root. Yeah. Say that fast three times, kids. <laughs> yeah, nobody needs to see teenage Yoda. It's either baby Yoda or just Yoda, because. I, yeah, I don't want to see no teenage Yoda. That's awful. Well, again, you can Nobody's go back to another a sequel road picture with baby Yoda, well, teenage Yoda and teenage Groot just playing video games and hanging out. Yeah. But I don't know. Something to consider. Even toddler Yoda, he's kind of a toddler now. He's walking around some. If they wanted to move him up just a little bit. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to see them do like a five years later in the second season. I, yeah. Well, that's what was it? Still looking. Yeah. No, it's like some of this was it, like Walking Dead and some of the other series. They have these, quote, time jumps. And suddenly it's five, ten years later and right. stuff. Yeah. But see, if yeah. they time jump too much, Yoda will be like teeny, teenage Yoda. And then Mandalorian will be like in a walker. <laughs> He'll be floating in that carriage thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's right. Yoda will be walking around and pushing be floating. Well, but it's that part of the podcast 
where we cover our sensor sweep. This episode's sensor sweep. Your ever-loving mission commander has the sensor sweep. I had the good fortune uh, back in late 2019 of going out to San Francisco and getting a book signed by Anthony Daniels. It was a meet and greet. And he is a charismatic English gentleman. He uh, spoke to us for almost a half hour. I wouldn't say an hour, maybe 40 minutes. And it was very engaging. He uh, answered questions and um, did some C-3PO lines and stuff like that. And then signed the book for us. The book is the inside story. C3, I am C-3PO, the inside story. Um, and he, he gets into the ins and outs of what it was to be C-3PO, um, you know, of the original actors. And, and he's been there for the entire franchise. All nine movies, 3PO's in there. He did the Ewoks animated series. He voiced that. He's done some stuff for the um, Clone Wars and... and Christmas special. <laughs> he didn't talk about the Christmas special. But the, the lack of recognition that he got from... Um, being in the original Star Wars, Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, they all got, you know, recognized other than going to like comic book conventions with Peter Mayhew and Kenny Baker. Um, not that he's bitter about it, but he, he just explains how that felt. He gets into depth on what it was to wear the C-3PO costume and the rigors of, of, of that and acting through it with uh, no facial expression, you know. Um, it's a good book. It's a good read. Um, it was an honor for me to meet him because, I mean, he's iconic. He's He was in the original Star Wars. Well, isn't he really like the only person who was like in a suit in Star Wars and also did the voice? Yes. Yes, that's a good point. I mean, everyone else in the suit, someone else Peter did Obviously, Peter Mayhew voice. didn't and Kenny or Baker Vader. didn't or Vader didn't. So. Yeah. So. Anyway, you get a chance, um, go out and get the book. Uh, if you do, let us know what you think. May the Force be with you. On that note, this will conclude this transmission from Planet 8. We would like to thank all of our intergalactic audience for listening. Be sure to head on over to our website at www.planet8podcast.blogspot.com where you can get more information on this episode's topic. For more conversation, find us on Twitter at Planet8Cast. Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash planet8podcast. We want to thank you guys for tuning in each and every episode. We look forward to your input and opinions. Until next time, this is Planet8 signing off. End transmission. By George, he's got it. It is the end.
that naughty Star Wars bar. How about the creatures? They were there. And how about Darth Vader's mask? He was wacky and as evil as the day. And a cool helmet, too. Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars. It always seems like our wars are everywhere. Star Wars, there's nothing but Star Wars. It always seems like our wars are every day. Star Wars, I love them these.